You're listening to Weeb Chat Radio. And what is up, my friends? The time has come for another episode of Weeb Chat Radio. What's going on, everybody? Patrick Whitehead here. And as always, I'm always flanked by Miss Anime. What's going on? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Today is a very special day. Uh, we are devoting an entire episode <laughs> to Damaji, uh, otherwise known as Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? <laughs> no, it is not, actually. <laughs> uh, season 3 has just ended with a awesome fight and kind of just left us, basically. Uh, and... Decided to do a show on it because of mainly the fact that I'm a huge fan of it. I talked to I talked to many of my friends about it. Uh, actually, I talked to one person in particular about it, uh, which he is now a guest on the show today. Uh, his name is Austin Barnhill. What's going on, Austin? Not much. I'm happy to be here. Happy to shed light as the mo- as the light novel reader in the group. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the elitist here, and you will all bow before my insight knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, as everybody who's watched the show knows that the work the world was introduced to Hestia even before the show dropped. Uh, we all were infatuated by the blue string of fate, <laughs> and we built many churches and you know bow down to this short you know luxurious you know. Entity, uh, but the beautiful also told, ribbon. Yeah, the beautiful ribbon. And also, has told me many a times that no, no, you fools, you, you, uh, <laughs> you simpletons. <laughs> yeah, you blasphemers have parked down the wrong. More path, accurately, wrong you guy. simps. <laughs> yes, us simps have uh, parked down the wrong tree, and we should. Uh, Look at other uh, entities, best girls, goddesses, <laughs> sword princesses. <laughs> uh, reuse. Uh, reuse to worship. And today, finally, we're going to find out why. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the uh, Damachi Show, people. Uh, sit back. This is a good uh, This is a good thing for light novel readers, because if you go, finally, you can... <laughs> finally, we can actually know <laughs> Yeah, finally you know stuff. You can you can bust out your chest, you know, pat yourself on the back and say, you know, I re- I read the source material, and you anime only the fools. <laughs> My fellow elitists and, rise up. <laughs> yes, fellow elitists rise up, and us anime only can be educated. <laughs> so, uh, just a little bit of news. It's a little bit of news about Damachi. There was no season four announcement. Damn, that sucked. Uh, Agreed. No post credit. No post credit at all. But even, even before the show aired, they already dropped the OVA. So the OVA announcement hit uh, today. Uh, showed uh, Hestia and and eyes naked in a, in a bathhouse. <laughs> uh, the OVA will drop on in April 2021. So. Got something to look forward to in the spring season, I guess. <laughs> and hopefully they'll give us season four. But uh, a lot of people say it's going to be years away. So 
Look, the OVA we'll announcement see. is not a surprise. They got to sell them Blu-ray somehow. I know, right? <laughs> right. All right. So, whose TV is that? <laughs> you hear anything? Yeah, I hear a TV in the background. Oh. Oh, well, that's something extra to edit out. Yeah, now nah, I'm keeping it. Just doing work. Ah, <laughs> uh, justified. It's all your fault, Sim. You did this. <laughs> justified laziness. Ah, uh, no. The uh, the background music will always trap this out anyway, so it's just cool. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of times I wanted to get to, you know, to flesh out. To flesh out the show and why we all like it and flesh out the light novels and why we read it so austin i kind of want to i kind of want to ask you this one question right off the bat so what drew you to damashi straight up okay so i've told you a bit about this before but i have an interesting relationship with the series i started off watching the anime and i just was kind of that was back what that was like 2015 i think it came first season came out yeah. And so back then I was just wa- I was watching it, watching it. It was all right. I think what really got me to stick with the show was the first Minotaur fight. I think that was the point where most people really got into the series if they got into it. Because you know, that first Minotaur fight, really awesome. A Heroic Desire is a awesome OST track, track. And ultimately, that was really was really great. And then you know the Goliath fight fight is the uh, Black Goliath fight is pretty cool. But overall, I left season one was like this is pretty good, but I wasn't really super invested invested yet. I hadn't started reading the novels yet. But then my like I told you, I've told you before, my best friend, a fellow elitist light novel reader, and I made a deal. <laughs> I, I told him I we wanted to chat with each other, so he made me a deal. He would catch up the Kona, the Konosuba light novels, which I was caught up on at the time, and I would catch up the Don Machi. And I was the only one who held up my end of the bargain. <laughs> but he was right on one thing. He told me once I hit volume nine that shit would get real and I would probably become very invested. And he was not wrong. Um, volume nine through 11, which covers the Zenos arc, which season three covered, was very excellent. It's very much, the, it's a very much high point of the series series it introduces the best boy the minotaur himself asterisk a boy and i think but you know like i said it's i think the world built for me ultimately it's probably the world building and the characters i think i I like bell i like bell i like wealth a lot like actually out of the main group wealth is my favorite i always love the blacksmith character for some reason (laughs) always like a guy who brings weapons (laughs) oh yeah Sure. Okay. Uh, other than the obvious reasons why the light novels, any, for any show, the light novel is better than the anime or even the manga, per, per se. Uh, obvious being cut content, time constraints, and other 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 production issues, other 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 controllable uh things what do you think is the biggest uh disparity between a light novel and the anime it really is characterization and information and world building that really is what the series the anime leaves out a lot of 
is characterization world building. Like, I, I've so, like a, a prime example the light novel readers will know is like if we reference season one, season two, episode one, they cut out the the scene where Hermes and and Bell are talking about the Zeus Familia. That's it. That's an important piece of world building because that's the first time you know you learn about the Zeus Familia and what happened to them. The you know because and you know all of us know Zeus's grandpa is Zeus. Or I said Zeus's grandpa is Zeus. Bell's grandpa is Zeus. Excuse me. Uh, but we all know that. But you know, like I said, you aren't Zeus. The Zeus Familia is brought up time and time and time and time and time again. The, it, you know, Zeus and Hera Familias and what happened to them that leads to the time of troubles leads to where a lot of the characters get to the point where they are. And, you know, you lose out on a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot that look, there's a reason plenty of people can make a YouTube channel off of cut content. <laughs> you know, that just tells you something like the series is always the anime has always been more about showing off the, the fights and the action scenes more more than the um, than the characterization world building, building, and so you know, and I think, I think that to, to an extent, I think, I think Bell's character comes out fine. I think I think there is some a little some details lost here and there that do round his character out a bit more. But ultimately, that's like these are kind of things where because you're not in his head, you you're not reading from his perspective. There are certain things that are hard to adapt which I get, but I do think that they, they leave out too much world building in the anime. Okay. Um, do you think that Sword Astoria kind of, well, for me, I think uh, Sword Astoria kind of filled in a few pieces uh, when I watched that season. So, uh, but then at the same time, I kind of didn't like Sword Astoria. I was just like, I was so hyped from season one and was so eager to jump into Sword of Storia. And then when I watched it, I was just like, what the hell was this? Why was it even made? Give me the actual season two. Of, <laughs> <laughs> was it wrong with the Picking Throws of the Dungeon? Uh, Eyes became a secondary character to me. It, it, it kind of hurt me. <laughs> the, on, the, on, only, the only saving grace was seeing Bell's fight with the Milan, uh, with the Minotaur from the Loki's familiar's perspective. Uh, I was like, that was the only saving grace. Ah, uh, yes. We see once again what happens when something is just poorly adapted. I mean, so I will. So, so Sword of Toria's first season covers the first four volumes of the series, and the thing about Sword of Toria, to me, and this might be honestly one of the biggest weaknesses of Don Machi's old, is that. It's supposedly a side story, but it's not. It's mandatory reading, in my opinion. Then this world and these characters at all, you have to read the, the side story. And that adds an extra 12 volumes of, of content. Hell, I haven't gotten around to them yet, but I'm pro I'll probably, once I finish the Familia Chronicles, the two Familia Chronicles, I'll probably be like, yeah, they were required reading too. Bell has a very limited perspective of the war overall world because he's just such a weakling at the start of it. <laughs> he's a really he's a really small player at the beginning, and hell, even now he is not that big of a player in the grand scheme of things. Toria shows us like the world a more like full on world. It shows us it gives a, a lot of world building details. But the thing is, for the for the adaptation, the anime. 
Is it maybe? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing like. I'm what? The hell? This was hearing someone's alarm, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's my alarm. They said Sorry about they invited that. you here, and now you just ah. But I wasn't. I was saying. <laughs> I was saying. <laughs> I'm just wrecking everything. Well, it's, com- it's good comedic value. <laughs> but as I was saying, the anime adaptation made the critical mistake of focusing on everyone's least favorite character from Sorotoria, Lipia. As the focus, the main focus character is a bad choice because the problem is in the first four volumes, she is the most annoying character because she is just nonstop eyes Onesama the whole time. Now she, she thinks oh, out. Her presence is dialed back a lot in the in the post the and from volume four onward, she's dialed back into a more respectable amount of screen time like she's still a prominent character but it becomes less her focus point and more and she becomes a lot better as a character overall just because she gets less annoying going like there's a really nice moment sort of ortoria volume 10 where you know we get to see lepheus perspective on you know the, the xenos arc and how pissed she is at Belle because like, and you know, all that. And, but in the end, you get this nice moment where she sees him fighting Asterisk and she cheers for him. It's a really nice moment. But yeah, it's required reading. And the anime just chose to focus on the wrong angles. It just focused on the wrong angles, but you're right. The minute fight is cool no matter what angle you show, but that's more just because of the, I feel like if you watch just Sword of Tor, the Minotaur fight wouldn't be as impactful for you. I really do feel like, because, you know, if you haven't watched the main series and just know what this fight, that fight means to Bell in particular, it's I think it might be hard, harder to get as much connection out of it. But, but yeah, I would say that volumes one through four of Sorotoria really have the most side story feel to them. But all, after that, it really becomes a lot more reading. Just if you want to understand. What I would argue is the second most important character, Oz. You don't get any of her real characterization, character development, or, or backstory from the main series. So if you've only read the main series, she is boring as dirt. Because there's <laughs> nothing there. Hell, her scene, I'm sure a lot of people who in this who's gonna listen saw the scene where she's confronting Belle and hit her fight with Belle in season three. But you know that scene hits a lot harder when you know her backstory. I also don't think it was animated that well or done that well, but I we can talk about that one. Now I just I just think <laughs> if we're gonna just talk about the adaptation of Sword Dorian, you should focus on Libya because she's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I found her heavily annoying. Um, just as soon as she sees Bale, in, in, immediate disgust. You know, uh, um, I was like, "Why is this? The fuck is she pissed off at this dude? What is going on?" Like, it's not explained to me why she why she hates this guy. You know, because she, he's <laughs> trying to take her own nace. Oh lord, Onesa. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Hold on one sec. Hey, Austin, uh, 
Uh, I see. I feel it's going ape shit on my end again. I see. Um, I'll pop in and pop out. That fix. That fixes it. Okay. <laughs> no. When he comes back, uh, we're going to be talking I, about. I don't know why it's doing that. I really don't. But this is to be fair. This is my first time using this app on my computer properly. Well, this is yep. good litmus test, I guess. <laughs> the people at home are getting to just enjoy the full scape of all the technical issues today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our, our last episode was that way too. Uh, oh, Estia does not like being <laughs> talked <laughs> about in a bad way. Oh, house on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she will send uh, me home, Marnie. <laughs> okay, so one that kind of bring bring the light um, Bell's relationship with eyes and. Uh, the effects that it has on him as a character and him overall in the story. Uh, like we, 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 we all know how it started in the dungeon. Bell's a permanent minotaur covered in blood going, oh shit, I'm about to die. Sword Princess comes in. Yo, you good? <laughs> Dude just looks at her, mentally pisses in his pants, and dips. <laughs> That's not inaccurate. So, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, just a, it's not in. I mean, oh I mean, gosh. One, I, I mean, one coming off of the fact that he almost almost dies to see the most in his, in his eyes the most beautiful woman in the world. Going, oh shit, I'm I'm dirt. You know, I shouldn't be in her presence, and I'm out. And he, you know, as, as of course, we know that he doesn't do this only once. He does it multiple times. Every time he gets in with the presence, and all she wants to do is go, "Dude, you good?" It, 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 you know, <laughs> like calm, <laughs> calm yeah, the yeah, calamity the that is your exactly. memories. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know, we know we know from Bell's perspective of what he, how he sees uh, eyes innocence. Uh, what is your take on... Okay, on so this is where, again, Sword Ortoria really comes into play as the required reading. again, Because you really do get a much better sense for how the relationship is in through that series, I think even more than the main series. And it really just plays, goes back down into Eyes' backstory, which we have been given little snippets of, just a little bit. Just a nice, fine taste, like a wine tasting or something. I don't know, I don't drink. But... <laughs> <laughs> a little simp. But, I mean, <laughs> ultimately, Bell can be summed up as a simp. I mean that that's his end of it. But for eyes, right. it kind of it's kind of interesting because you know because she you know you look at it from from her perspective, she her initial interest in Bell is that she sees some of herself in him. You know because to go into the bit of backstory we get from Volume Nine of Sword Ortoria, you know eyes was found was in the dungeon. When she was found by Finn, Riviera, and Gareth, we don't know the full details behind that, but we know she was she she describes it as she was, you know, she was isolated, she was alone, and then she basically hardened her heart, and that's when they found her. You know, so she kind of sees a kinship in Belle initially is what what she describes, 
arrives and that's because you know he's another panicked adventurer but he's got a desire she sits that's what she kind of talks about in the initial in the early volumes is she sees he has a desire in his heart like she does but she's she can't she doesn't she doesn't know him that well yet she doesn't really can't really say much more about it but she sees that he has a desire to be in the dungeon he has a strong something that's pushing him forward now now we know it's two things it is bell's desire to be a hero but also his desire to win the girl you know you know so but you know and then you know you have a lot of things that a lot of people use to kind of bash eyes a lot of people who haven't read the the, the light novels you know they talk about they talk about <laughs> get on my level they talk about they talk about how she's just interested in his rate of growth now this is very true at first she when she starts training him that is what she cares about she does find, but you know, over the train, their initial training, she does find that she's, you know, she's enjoying training. There's actually a really fun moment. Um, you know, I, I referenced, you know, the scene in when they're training where she says, "We're gonna train on how to nap." You know, yeah. in the in Don Manchi, yeah. it's displayed as this mm -hmm. this she's being cool and collected. But in the Soratory Light novel, you find out she was just really sleepy. This was just some. She was just pulling this out of her ass. She pulled it out of her ass. Funny enough, comes back to save Belle's life in volume 14, which is, you know, I guess what they tell you is true. Anything you learn is something useful as long as you know how to apply it, I guess. Because Belle is basically a sponge. Belle is a sponge to anything anyone teaches them. But, you know, you see over the course of their training, she comes to, you know, she comes to be more interested in his hard-working attitude she comes fine she likes training people because you know at the same time she's training lethia at the same time and she's really concerned how she's not very good at training at training people and stuff like that you know you get like i said you get a lot more of her personality at, you know yes yeah, she's very emotionally repressed but internally she's she's you know she's got she's distressed about things she's unconfident she's unsure she's just as dense as bell is in a lot of ways but it's always there's always an amusing angle to it like how she described like because her more vulnerable emotional side is described as younger eyes or little eyes there's always a little eyes that is commenting or doing something else about in the situation that you know regular adult older eyes is not and you know we really see a lot of her true feelings and things through little eyes but ultimately Belle and her relation she becomes to be a lot more invested in her relation with Belle than even she realizes realizes and that's why when you get to volume 10 of Sword or Toria and the Xenos arc you just it really hits you how much she has come to like Belle because of how emotionally destroyed she is from his actions how desperate she is to just get him back on her side because you 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 get to realize her sense of betrayal, how how she feels betrayed, how confused she is, desperate, how she she's like, I want to hate you, I want to cut you. you, you know, you really get a wide feel for her emotional state. Hot, you know, you get the feeling for how her emotional state is, and I just like I said, you just don't get that from the main series. Hell, in the anime adaptation, she has a very stoic expression. You like, yeah, her desperation comes off a little bit. But I don't think, but again, it's with that spinoff series, you really understand your, I'd argue, like I said, your second most important character. And that is the biggest problem with Damachi as a series as a whole is that you have to read the secondary material 
to get the most out of your series. That is the biggest problem with the series. Now, if you're as invested in the series as I am, and you're willing to read what is now 30 volumes of light novels and a whole bunch of side stories, a whole bunch of side stories, then you're going to be fine. But if you're just the casual anime viewer, you're not getting even a tenth of the series' you know, grip bigger depths, I'd say. Because that's just how much is lost on the adaptation okay. floor. Hmm. Well, like, you know, like I was saying, that time constraints, you know, they're, they're, tr they're trying to adapt so much of the material into a 12-episode John. The, the, only, the only way to do it is to make Damaji, um, change, change it to uh, serial-style anime production to more of an OVA, which o OVAs, they give you a little more time to flush out things, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, and you were right with her with Aziz's emotional state with the whole thing with the, with the Zenos and especially with the the big fight that we all everyone wanted to see one of the many big fights we wanted to see was her versus Bell uh, you know he's, he's telling her you know his point of view on the whole situation she's telling them nah no they're monsters they are they are, they're born to get smoked. <laughs> That's it. They're, they're, they're evil. They, they need to be wasted. You know, they don't have feelings. They don't have thoughts. Fuck that shit. <laughs> you know, uh, but that, that's a, screw yeah, screw them. But that's a bigger issue with eyes because of uh, the situation. And this is more spoiled territory. Look, we, I think we're, I think <laughs> so, we've crossed that bridge. We burned it down and we poured the kerosene on the ruins. <laughs> <laughs> It is just burning now. Yeah, yeah, but it's a situation with, with with her and the deal with her family. But um, when Ween jumps in front of Belle and like, nah, don't hurt Belle, and she starts to talk, and, uh, I know the light novel does more to flesh this part out. But you know, you hear uh, I say, don't talk, don't say anything. You know, the whole time we need to talk to her, she's like, you know, don't say anything, don't say anything. Uh, at this point, this is at this point, uh, as we, you and I talked about it, this is messing eyes up. At this oh point, yeah, right? no, this that scene is actually one of the better scenes done because they actually give it time to breathe. We'll get to we'll get to other scenes that didn't later, but. Yeah. But this, yeah. like I said, I <laughs> this is a scene that's worth giving some time to breathe. Again, they really. The anime did a good job of making Vine especially adorable and especially needing to protect. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she, oh my gosh! Yeah, she was. I love she her. Was the, yeah, she definitely was. Yeah, the and so season, you know, so. and again, I think that scene comes off. You do get a sense of, like I said, Eyes' desperation and her struggle do show, but without this extra information from the science story, you don't know why. You you don't get like I said if you when I read that scene in the light novel originally because I read the main series first I didn't even in the light novel I had no idea why this was like what her deal was and I mean you got to see a little bit of her hatred for monsters like we knew she hated monsters from volume eight and we knew it had something to do with the black one eyed black dragon because of the whole scene in the village 
we knew there was something there, but we we didn't know what. And you know, like I said, the the you know, you get a much better. And like I said, the light novel, even the light novels, give you a much better sense of why. And I think that why really adds to the scene. You know, rewatching it in anime form, I get to have all this extra information, and that makes the scene a lot better for me. But I think it was still effective enough as a just even without it, because again, it's not really about uh, the, the anime frames it correctly in that it's not focusing on eyes in particular. It's much more about Vina and Belle. And again, it's when you hear the crunch when she's when you hear the crunch and you hear the rips, your heart if your heart does not bleed, well. <laughs> You're more monster than Vina is. I'll say that. <laughs> I, I think for me, every time Ween cried, we cried with Bell, like it, 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 it tugged at my heartstrings. And then when the whole ripping of the neck, the, the claws, and tearing the wing off, I went, oh shit. Like I backed up for a second. I was like, I can't it's watch hard thing. this. <laughs> You're just like, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like stuff like this is why you watch the opening and ending for each like episode because it's kind of jarring when you have like the happy go lucky <laughs> with like the serious matter. Hmm. Well, no, I, mean, I, I, I consider myself a, a very hardened anime fan. I, I, you know, we've seen people get impaled, spears through eyeballs. I mean, uh. Someone ripping a chick's guts out to see if there's a baby inside of them. I mean, That's all, a nice all kinds of weird shit. Higurashi! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all kinds of gruesome things that would basically send a normal person into trauma. And we kind of sit there and go, meh. <laughs> you know, but seeing a, seeing a little monster girl popping her own claws off, ripping, ripping her wings off, and then looking back at the person saying, okay, I don't got them, now what? You know, <laughs> so that messed me up. Yeah, that was like, it really <laughs> is the self mutilation aspect to it that makes it harder to see. It'd be one thing if, like, it was someone, someone else someone doing, else but doing when it's, it, it's the sheer desperation with the self mutilation that makes it really hard because you are endeared to Vina by this point, you're very endeared to her by this point, and just you know, and seeing her do that to herself is really, really hard. Hard because you just want you just want to get you just want to put the cloak on her and say don't worry I'm not I'm not not gonna let no one do nothing to you now you know you want to do you want to do that again the series is a the anime that captured that which I think was the highlight the the it really you were really the show did a good job of endearing you to Vina it did a good job and and Bell has always been very endearing as a character just because he's so gosh darn nice but I think in a way I think it's done in a better way. Like he's, he's the true it's, nice he guy. A purity to himself that I think to make where he doesn't come off as annoyingly nice. You know, mm. he don't like the series is a is a harm series and it has a and it has a nice guy protagonist, but it's really not Bell's niceness that I think usually gets him the girl in the series. It's more just the purity of purpose and spirit that I think is why I think he's a more likable character. It's the underdog aspect of his character mixed with how. You just he's a just like he's a cute rabbit. You know, everyone brings it up, 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 but you know, that really is why the that scene works in the anime. It really I think that's why the scene works in the anime. And hey, I like your segue because I'm about to ask I'm about to ask. So how has this little rabbit 
drawn this giant heart. I, we're, we're, talk, we're talking Kirito. Bro, I, told, I, I can count <laughs> off like 11 off the top of my head. <laughs> I, think, I, think we're, I think we're past that at that point. <laughs> right. I mean... Well, no. Who has, who has the big, big? Who has the big? Oh, Rito for uh, uh. That's some that's some dark Rito. territory you're getting to right there, my friend. I don't think we <laughs> oh, got no. time for for talking about to love Ru. Yeah, but he's Bell, Bell's getting hitting Rito status because Rito has the entire <laughs> town almost. But anyway, <laughs> but plus more. Plus more. And, and, well, you know, he hasn't like truly reached like Makoto's levels. No, from no. Day. Real, the real. Eat my man. Say, real harm king is my man. Say, but as as for Bell, I mean, I think it just goes into. He's got his moments where he's really cool. He's got his moments where he's vulnerable. Again, he's got. He's just so gosh darn likable. I think, like they, like I said, there, there's, there's some. Again, part of it is just convenience. The offer has wants to show off lots of pretty girls. It's a bit of wish fulfillment. It, but it's not as annoying because it, the series doesn't make it as annoying. I feel like sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just kind of like, okay, we're doing that. We've introduced this female character, and now she's in love with Belle too. Okay, okay. But sometimes I'm like, but it, I think one of the nice things is that there is this really nice balance of you do get to see a lot of female and male characters. And, you know, you've got characters like Tione, a who, you know, is, you know, a predominant female character who's not in love with Belle. You've got some other ones. But again, you have a lot of them for Belle. And I think it is just because it is part of the series is power fantasy wish fulfillment. It's just something avoidable if you're going to do it, if you're if you're going for that. At least most of them are cool, I think, is that I think a big thing is that I don't think there's any of them, say for Hestia, who are particularly annoying or kind of useless. All right. Don't don't worry, Don. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get to the crux of the matter later. So. Look, look, <laughs> this is why the people have come. To hear I take my stand, and this is the hill I am ready to die on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. The hill of swords I have forged myself. So and I will fight to the last. Yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll get we'll get to the crux of it. But I mean the dude the dude he's sipping for eyes. He's got seer that, that basically will Oh don't you mean Freya? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just drop that spoiler bombshell, all you people! <laughs> Boom! I drop ice nuke. <laughs> it's still freaking hilarious that like, just like, oh yeah, that's here. I was calling that since like volume three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? it wasn't that it so wasn't like, that you... hard to figure out if you. In fact, if you pay attention to the anime, they never once show. Seer and Freya in the same kind of clip montage. Like, if you see Seer, you will not see Freya. And vice versa. You know what? That makes sense. Like, it, like, Which is kind of a shame because it, it's the twin thing. Well, it's just all a simple, over again. I can give you a simple example from the anime. If you remember the reaction to the war games, to them winning the war game, you see, you see 
I forget if it was Seer Freya because I haven't read the volume six in a while, but you only saw one of their reactions. You didn't see both of them react. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. True. So, I mean, the series was hinting it really hard. Like, we all knew she had a connection to the Freya Familia. I just took it a step forward because I'm like, huh, they got similar hair. That was literally the only reason, <laughs> I think, to start with. It also just made that, sense that it. because... Nope. It also just made sense because, you know, Freya's like, I, I saw him randomly on the street. Seer randomly sees him on the street. It all connects. It all connected. But we're, I, think, I think I pulled us off topic with that spoiler bomb. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, but yeah, I see your slash for you. Uh, uh, who else? Who's who, oh, oh, uh, Lily. Lily's a huge simp for him. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge simp for Lily. Get out of here, Lollycon. Okay, <laughs> look, she's cute. Just because she's short doesn't mean immediately, immediately I just know you, Lolly. I know what your tastes are. Um, let's see uh, I'm missing a few is it which one not Tiona but Tiona Tiona remember the joke is Tiona A has the E cups Tiona has the A cups that's the joke okay Tiona (laughs) okay Tiona has has some kind of weird thing that she doesn't understand for the dude (laughs) Uh, I I can get into that later Ryu because you know she's one of my favorites Right. Ryu is slowly slowly. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean it, it really slowly. According to anime wise, you don't see it, but uh, Light Novel definitely. Uh, she's developing feelings for the dude. Poor uh, Hime, she doesn't. She doesn't give a fuck. She she'll be a mistress for him. She doesn't care. Which is wow. That look, was messed up when I found that out. Look, <laughs> look some people got to learn to compromise. <laughs> I mean that's that's the ultimate comp- compromise. Though. <laughs> I don't know. I I'd say giving up is the ultimate compromise. Well, none none of them will ever give up. I so. think some of them are gonna eventually uh, have to. So. <laughs> sure. Uh, some of them should. Wait, who's the other Amazon <laughs> massive blade? Basically, walks around. Blade. I, again, Tiona is is the one you're. I think you're referencing. Tione is in love with Finn. Yeah, she's in a little bit fit. Uh, God, what is her name? Uh, yeah, Ray That's Ashia. Uh, what's the yeah, Ashia? Frankly, Arhime's older sister. Right. Ashia, man, this girl wants that dude, and she just flaunts her. Oh, uh, she's an Amazon. Like, no, I mean, no, that's just how they like, are. Like no, no care. <laughs> and I love Ryu's reaction every time it happens. Though. So <laughs> it, it, it's beautiful, and. And, and countless others. There's countless others. Uh, was it Erina? She likes him too. Uh, you've got you've got Cassandra. There's Cassandra. There's. I mean, you've got a lot, for sure. I mean, Three. I'd have I'd have to go just start naming off names at a certain point. <laughs> point. Right. And, and and finally, we we, we get to and I'm. Uh, I wanted Austin to say I'm gonna say it. I, I've been holding back the whole time talking about this shirt. Was the bitch missile herself as yes he, to, as to qu- I am <laughs> quoting someone much funnier to quote someone much funnier than me. I want to sodomize Hestia with a rusty shovel and did not bury the body for dramatic effect. Oh god. <laughs> I miss you do chocolate. 
<laughs> but no, like oh, I said, Dom, the, the bitch missile is a joke from Don Machi abridged, but it just sums it up. So, <laughs> tactical bitch missile Hestia. Tactical bitch missile Hestia. She's I am unfortunately right. not a fan of lollies with big boobs. It just, I mean, design-wise, she can look off. It's just, like I said, Hestia is the epitome of the annoying female love interest. Alright, so for this alone, for Hestia alone, I'm going to, we're not going to say anything. We're letting Austin kind of vent. So, I mean, I mean, I mean okay, I so. Austin, Austin, you have Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sum it up. I'm gonna give I'm gonna do this like an essay. Hey, I'm gonna give my conclusion and then present the evidence. So simply enough, I do not care for Hestia as a love interest character. Not to say I dislike her character entirely, but I dislike her as a love interest because she is a, an example of the of double standards for one thing. I've told you about this before, but double standards, but also just pure annoying. So let's let me just put let's just put this in context. Hestia is in love with Belle. That in itself is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That because let's face it, gods do shit all the time. We've got Hephaestus saying that it's not okay for Hestia to like Belle would be saying it's not okay for Hephaestus to like Well. And I ship that. That's my ship. But <laughs> but you know, so there's nothing wrong with that. But at a certain point, you there it's just the rampant over-the-top jealousy. Belle is not in a relationship with her. He has expressed multiple times he does not want to be in a relationship with her. He loves her like a mother. He he came to Aurorio with dreams, dreams of being a hero, but more than anything, you understand when you read the light novels, he wanted a, what he wants more than anything is a family because he lost his grandfather. He had no other family than his grandfather. He's desperate for that sense of connection that the Familia gives him, that Hestia gives him. He loves Hestia as like in a motherly sense, like she's his goddess. We see it in volume six, we see it in volume eight, we see it over and over again, that Hestia and that Bell's relation with Hestia is a, for him, he wants it to be very familial, platonic, you know? Hestia doesn't want it that way, and there's nothing wrong with saying that she wants, she wants their relationship to go to point, but Bell doesn't want it. And he's in love with someone else. And she knows that. She knows that. And yet she constantly interferes with him in every chance he gets. There's the there's the scene when Eyes and him are training. They go to get some potato snacks. And then she launches himself, i.e. the bitch missile, at him. And, and you know, and she's so she's so she's actively try, embarrassing him in front of in the public. She's actively trying to question him like he's like he's an adultering husband. Even though they are not in a relationship and she has no... Now, you can, if she was doing it from the thing of, hey, you're hanging out with someone from another familia, that's not okay. That'd be one thing. But no, she acts like he's a cheating boyfriend slash husband. And that's annoying, okay? That's annoying. I hate characters who do that, who are not in a relationship with the main dude, but act like they are. Act like they get to control them. Them. They. She does it again. In she does look in volume six when Eyes and Bell have their dance, she would have jumped in there if it hadn't been for my boy Hermes, who then became not my boy in volume eleven. You know what you did, Hermes. <laughs> I go, you know, on a side to quick side tangent. Hermes goes from being like best wingman bro to being bitch. Get the fuck out of here. 
so fast in volume 11, <laughs> but she would have launched herself and ruined that really nice scene. You know, the be the dance scene. Everyone likes the dance scene. It's one of the few times you actually get to see I smile in the damn series. Sure. And, sure. you know, that's a really nice scene. And then in volume eight, in the, the scene I told you that cemented my dislike for Hestia, in volume eight, eight, they're in the village and Belle has gained enough of a spine to ask eyes <laughs> to dance. One, one with both. He has he has achieved <laughs> spine. He has achieved backbone status with his level three become by becoming a level three. He has achieved that status. He has saved our human. He's got a spine at this point. He's trying to ask eyes to dance, and she launches herself, cuts him off, and ruins his chance. Even though he actively was trying and he was about he would have succeeded he was trying and showing foot and balls showing backbone and she just cuts him off off because she hates the fact that that he's in love with someone else and that is wrong that is wrong it's not her right to do that that's not her <laughs> and right that, that alone and that alone that's cemented it's been building and i just i just want to flip this <laughs> i just want to flip this remember bell is 14. Now he has matured quickly. All the characters are a lot more mature than their age because they go and risk their lives all the damn time. I know for a fact that probably leads to a quick maturation process. But the thing is, let's flip this. If Belle was a girl and Hestia was a dude, you think anyone would be on board with this? How would, it, how would the internet, we know it's the fucking internet. How would the internet and anime community fucking react if a dude did all the shit Hestia did to a girl? Fucking people would be outraged. They'd be holding up spears. They'd be walking the street with torches. They'd be wearing copies of the light novel. And you know, you know they fucking would because you can't fucking deny it. So the thing is, why is it okay well. just because she's got big boobs held up by a string? Why is it okay just because of that? I'm just asking. I'm asking a simple question, and no one can answer me. Me. Because she has big boobs held up by a And I'm saying, why is that? Is that the only reason? That is exactly why. The only reason why it's okay for her? That's not a... I say... I mean, technically, you will have, like, some weird defenders. I say no, good sir. It's wrong. It's wrong. But it's in. Hestia has times where she's actually likable as a character. When she's feeling... <laughs> when she's feeling the familiar, when she's at, like, there's this really nice scene in volume 15 where she's where she's reflecting on how much she's kind of grown and matured herself as a god and how much she's come to love everyone in her familia as her children and how she's conflicted on she's some even she's somewhat conflicted on 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 how maybe she should proceed with the, her relation with Mel. But then she's like, nah, you know, like, that's the problem. That is my problem with Hestia is that she interferes in a place she doesn't have a right to. She does not have the right to stop Bell from pursuing a relationship that he wants to. Now you can bring up and punch a point that dating in outside the family is difficult. But the thing is, that's not her reasoning. That's never been her reasoning. And I don't think Loki would be having that much of a problem with it, honestly. Honestly, Loki with the main problem would be be the same the same sort of possessiveness. Like that's the thing about the gods in Don Machi that I don't think comes across nearly as strong in the anime is how possessive and kind of self-centered a lot of them are. You know, 
Hephaestus is probably the most self like selfless god god we've seen like because she's will she was willing to put up with Hestia for like like three months like just letting her sit around her house and eat her food <laughs> and just do nothing you know bastion of patience let's just, let us all bow before the bastion of patience that is Hephaestus but I'm just saying best girl. best goddess definitely but yeah. But you know, you that's why I don't like Hesse. That is why I don't like Hesse is because she is annoying. It is so annoying to see her actively interfere with a relationship because Bell has never expressed that he is romantically interested in her. Now, some people will cite it at the end of volume eight that he he's like, I'm not sure what I was feeling. But no, because clear every other time. I can reference volume 16. I'm gonna reference volume 16. I, even though I've clear, but real talk, I've only been able to read the synopsis, a detailed synopsis, because I haven't been able to get my hands on volume 16 and it probably won't be in America for a year or so. But in that scene, in volume 16, Freya tries to, tries to seduce Belle, who, and the, the classic anime trope of his true love interest flashes in his eyes. Hestia doesn't flash, it's eyes. He thinks of eyes, and that's why he rejects Exeter. Another good example, volume six. Volume six, when, right, when Bell sees Freya, he's seeing all these beautiful goddesses, goddesses and stuff. He says, while they were beautiful, when he sees eyes in her dress, he describes his heart singing in a way that none of the other, the literal gods of goddesses of beauty. Bell's like, hard pass. <laughs> I mean, look, remember, this is a boy who manifested a superpower through his sheer desire to to hit that. <laughs> he has a magic power. The power yeah, of Simp. Simp flows strong in Bell. And that is, <laughs> that is why I just can't get in more or with Hestia. is because she actively interferes in a place that she doesn't have a right to. And she's annoying. And she's, not, <laughs> and she's not that hot. Oh, okay. And, and, and just coming <laughs> in the end, what does she contribute to the series in reality that couldn't be replaced with any other goddess, basically? Mm, okay. This is where I'm going to ask, how would the series have changed, really? Not at all, basically. Here's a fun fact, here's, here's a fun fact for you. Bell would have actually been better off if Hestia without Hestia because if Hestia had not went down to the dungeon in her desire to see Bell first, they wouldn't have had to fight the Black Goliath. That only happened because Hestia insisted on going there. Now, wait, wait. didn't her didn't her goddess power activate? No, well, no. What she did was she flex. She didn't actually use her god power. She flexed her divine presence. Which is something all the gods can do. They don't like to do it usually. That's the kind. That's what Freya's charm is, and stuff. Divine presence, mm. and basically the dungeon responds to divine presence. It hates the gods for some reason. The gods don't. The gods know. They don't say why. That's why Aranos has to pray to the dungeon, you know. And there's all sorts of symbolism like that that I can't give you the full details on because I don't know them myself because we're still in the dark on a lot of stuff. But right. because she flexed her divine presence. The dungeon wants to kill her Hestia because she's there. So she sends the Black Goliath. The dungeon sends the Black Goliath. So if Hestia, and again, the only reason D Bell had to fight Mord in volume five was because he, he kidnapped Hestia. 
Now, maybe they would have just kidnapped someone else. Hermes was playing his games like usual. But the Black Goliath likely wouldn't have shown up. It would have probably just been another case of Bell beating Mord, and that would have been it. Now, you could say that fighting the Black Goliath in the end was really helpful for Bell because it gave him a big status boost. But the thing is, he didn't level off up off that encounter, so he would have gotten the experience another way anyways. So, you know... Oh, maybe he wouldn't have had enough experience in time to fight the war game, but you know, you that's a lot of hypotheticals and stuff. So in the end, Hestia brings more trouble to Bell than she's worth. Yes, she is the one who gave him a home and gave him family. I like that angle. I like that angle. And I wish that was the angle that was pursued with this, but she constantly acts jealous, interferes with his relationship. Lily is jealous of all the time too, but she doesn't actively interfere nearly as much. <laughs> and you know, then you got Haruhime who's just like, she's cool being the side hoe. <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. That's how it is. And then, you know, so again, I just don't like Hestia because of that reason. I don't, I like Hestia at certain moments when she's not being annoying and hyper jealous and shit like that. But the thing ultimately is the offer is already confirmed who the winner is going to be. <laughs> the end game has been seen. Hey, at least she's trying look, look, to fight. She's pushy. <laughs> she's way too pushy and way too high maintenance. Look, she saw what happened to Ichigo and and Darling and the Fox, and she's like, I'm preventing this from happening. Let's not bring up trash while we're here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just got you a thousand dislikes, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Boom. All right. That's gonna All be right. what the entire so comment section's about. <laughs> it's going to ignore this, it, this is going to be the most listened to episode just because like how dare we insult our wife in Zero Two Look, I like Zero Two I hate everything surrounding her <laughs> right uh, so you stand you stand you stand on this sir right? I sit upon this hill of Ford <laughs> and I will not bend and I will not bow and angry simps because I want you all to give me an explanation for why Hestia is special that goes beyond her string big titties string big titties because if you need but... big titties to, to for a character to be best girl <laughs> you could just like you could just like Hephaestus more or you could like Tione more both of them have big tatas <laughs> <laughs> Um, they have raging calamities at all. Okay, but it's the pigtail. Raging calamities. <laughs> they have raging calamities that are their memories, especially Tione. Berserk as yes. fuck. Captain. <laughs> uh, which, which the? But there's also the pigtails too, man. You gotta think about the pigtails. Twin tails are the worst. Ponytails are king. Twin tails are ponytails are king. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I, I want to fight your breakout over you know twin tails or ponies. <laughs> another time, <laughs> simp. Another time. <laughs> I'm ready. I think you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we just finished. We just finished season three. So the whole the whole Zeno saga and, and 
the fight, the, the, the major fights. So let's kind of break down season three as a whole real fast. Uh, season three is a game changer, basically. It, 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 in perspective of both Bell, both Eyes, both how uh, Arroyo in, in, in general, uh, to, the, to, to an extent, to the fact that one monsters actually appeared out in the city. They don't know these. Uh, some some of the adventures kind of get the equal. Like, okay, what's up with these monsters? They seem intelligent. <laughs> uh, we all know they do. Uh, but as, as a light novel reader, uh, Austin, was this season a real game changer in your eyes? Oh, absolutely. In the series, it's the game-changing event. Again, it's the arc that really got me super invested in the world. It is the major game changer in terms of a lot of characters, a lot of characters. Um, because you got when you look at this, what the Zenos saga from both sides of the pond, both the main series and the Sword Ortoria spinoff, multiple characters come to undergo major transformation. You know, Bell, um, one of the things that the anime did not show, did not show is like Bell's kind of feelings on him accepting he's going to be a hypocrite. You know, this is a big thing that the anime doesn't touch on that I feel is so bad that it's left out. Is Bell just kind of understanding that he's going to have to keep killing monsters. He knows monsters can have feelings, but he's going to keep killing like the, the, the monsters that don't have emotions because he needs to get stronger. So he's embraced that hypocrisy that's a big part of his character change. He grows way more confident. He grows more resolute as a character. And by the ending of this, this Aga, that is really thing. I Finn under on Finn on the other side of the pond undergoes a major character arc because he decides after seeing the Bell Asher fight, he and like Bell's efforts, because you know, he understood everything that was going on a long, very early on. But you know, he had this whole his heroic persona, his identity his image that he had he felt he had to maintain but by the end of it he he undergoes a change he wants to be a real hero too he wants to be someone who destroys the scales and gets everything you know so it's very interesting there you have eyes set upon on her character arc that res resolves in volume 12 you know her coming to the conclusion that you know she's going to decide for herself some monsters can be, be better than people and some people can be mon worth monsters than monsters you know, you have that character arc. So you have, like, at least three major characters who undergo major arcs from the Zeno saga. But you also just get way more world building. You get way more world building. You get a better idea. You get an idea of the world. You get a setup for how the climax is going to go with Asterisk. We have we know Asterisk is likely going to be the final boss. Which, tell, which it says to me, God, how much stronger is Asterisk going to get if he's going to be the final boss? Because of course he's going to be the final boss. They got to have that rematch. They got to settle the score. And so you have a lot of these events set in motion. You have the Zenos. They're active players now in, in when Bell's in the dungeon. I've told you before, but in volume 14, when Bell is in danger in the dungeon, the Zenos drop, the, drop what they were doing and are like, we got to go save Bell. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Like Please. they drop what they would drop invading Canossus. They drop that in the middle of that to go do that. You know, so you have that, that you have that happen. So the Zenos are major players and, you know, Zenos are popping up, you know, a Zenos pops up in volume. Uh, I think 
the mermaid Zenos pops up in either 12 or 13. Can't remember which one. I'm pretty sure it was 12, though. Yeah, it was definitely 12. Um, which if we do get a season four, which will be will likely cover 12 through 14. And ooh, that one's gonna be that one's gonna be uh, a bit depressing in places. <laughs> that one's gonna be hard to watch in places, know. but it's also gonna be pretty cool. But that that's for hypothetical futures. But you know, you have the game changer ultimately because characters undergo major shifts. You set up for the climax. You get a bit more idea of how the world works. You set up Hermes as kind of an antagonist now. You know, and you, but you also have Bell's level up. He levels up to level four from that. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's really is changing, but mostly it's on the character side. I'd say more than anything. It is the, it's three characters. You know, Haruhime grows more competent from it. You know, there's other stuff. There's little bits of character he growth here and there. But if I had to say the three characters who the Zeno Saga affect the most, it's Bell, Eyes, and Finn. Uh, definitely. Again, but two of those you don't get unless you read the spinoff series. Which, again, is part of the problem here is because, like I said, if you're not willing to read 30 volumes of light novel material, you're not really getting the full story. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if just making each volume thick as fuck would have been. Would have been I don't know. Would that have been the solution? To basically, print the novels together. Like you, re you read the first half as Bell, and then you read the second half as Eyes. Maybe that was the way to do it. I don't know. Maybe intermix them a bit better. But I do think it is ultimately a problem: is that you're not getting the full impact of these events. Because you actually, you know, you talk about the whole Loki familia finds out about you know the Xenos in the sort of by volume 11 and 12 of Sortatoria. You know, they're aware. They like Tiona and Tione have a conversation with Ray and it's a pretty hilarious one because Tiona threatens to kill Ray if she falls in love with the captain. <laughs> no, so classic Tione. Classic Tione. Like Lord, you know <laughs> look, Yonderies man it's hard to deal with them. I don't see what the appeal is, but I kind of also see what the appeal is. So maybe there's something fucking wrong with me. <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with liking Yandere, okay? You like everything. <laughs> Look, I like things that this worst simply go over. That fluctuates with time. I guess I'll I'll give you that. But yeah, so the Xenos, the Xenos arc, it's, it is a game changer, but mostly on the character side. I wouldn't say there were any major revelations story-wise, like world-building-wise, other than that Xenos exists. Right. Um. I, so it's much more character side of things. Okay. I do love, I love the fact that Hermes kind of, you said, uh, starts to pull the antagonist card and, you know, I'm, I'm going to build, I'm going to make you the, the people's hero if you, even if, you know, uh, even if you don't like it, I'm going to do it. Uh, with and then with the final episode, where, where the prayer familiar kind of just jumped in and took the whole tail thing over, preventing the Loki familiar to inter interfere with uh, Zenos, interfere with Bell versus uh, Asheris, um, and then Freya herself kind of sitting back, kind of saying, "Huh, sorry, Loki, I took over your show." While uh, she's orgasming, <laughs> let's not forget that important detail. Yes, while she has the most weirdest, lustful, smug smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> just, I had to pause the show and just look at her like, oh my god, this girl is just... <laughs> 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 uh, this woman, <laughs> even though 
know I now know what's going down, even just a moment. <laughs> but um, it Hermes admitting, "Oh damn, <laughs> I got punked." <laughs> you know. He says, okay. I mean, I, I he goes, "I admit it, I got punked." Okay, the the game didn't play out the way I wanted it, but hey, <laughs> the results happening, so whatever, you know. So I think it's like interesting because, you know, a big theme of the series, especially for major players, a lot of the gods and people talk about the the bringing it back, the hero, bringing the last hero who will slay the one-eyed black dragon. That is a big theme for any of the, the mobile game players, players, the Damachi Memorial Freeze players. There's the Asteria record event, you know, where, where you know, Bell's aunt and a remnant of the Zeus Familia, they're... They're trying to bring the world back. I mean, that's what Dionysus is, was trying to do in Sword Aurorio, or Toria. I keep I keep flopping on what the fucking name is. But, you know, lots of characters, <laughs> the evils, lots of characters want the world to go back to this desperate crying state because they believe that is where a hero will be born. The last hero, the new, the, who will slay the, the final evil, great evil of the world, which is the one-eyed black dragon. What they call it, the hetherical the, the hero, right? Yeah, the, the, they want a hero who will, the, as Hermes says, he won't, like Hermes describes, you know, he wants the shine. They actually cut a, a little bit of his speech, and like he, he just, he talks about how he wants uh, the grand bell that will shine a light through the darkness. You know, he's real, he won't, he's got an obsession with this. He wants to see a, what I guess a real hero because the thing is, what we kind of actually from, Another uh, Don Machi event, the Argonaut event, which is actually a very interesting one because they basically just confirmed that Astros and Bell are the reincarnation of Argonaut and the Minotaur from that, but in the event itself. But um, what we basically, because the thing is, we know Zeus a big was watching, and I wonder if Hermes is like desire is he he never got a chance to see a real the the, the heroes. In th that moment, because he said he describes in the at the end of the argument event that he was really busy with stuff in heaven at the time. So I wonder if he just wants to, if that's what if he's just a desire to see the like the birth of a hero, or because you know, because you know with Freya's angle, Freya describes in you know that she's tired, she's bored of God made heroes. She wants she wants to see something different, and that's why I think she's so obsessed, and that's why she's so obsessed, Bell. But also because of just his purity of spirit, because you know she can see souls. And Bell's soul is a brilliant white. It's unblemished. You know, that's why she's crazy. <laughs> I, you know, but also, um, so I can't comment fully because I haven't read the Freya Chronicle, the Freya Familia Chronicle book yet. But in the synopsis I read, apparently Freya has been searching for like a special person kind of. Again, I can't get full details. I don't know the full details because I haven't read it yet. But ultimately, the gods want the people want a hero to save them from the darkness and hermes wants that hero to be bell he wants that hero to be bell and you know you the theme of heroes and stuff that comes up a lot you got finn who wants to become a hero for his race you have eyes who's always talking about how she wanted a hero how she can't be anyone's hero because she all she wants is revenge she thinks she's extreme she like eyes always describe herself in very ugly terms because she she thinks she's that she because she doesn't deserve to be anyone here because she wants this revenge. She only cares about revenge and stuff like that. You know, so the theme of heroism 
is is a big thing. And you know, volume 15 talks about Bell, you know, Bell's kind of desire because he says in volume 15, he wonders to himself when his desire to be a hero will become conviction. You know, so you know, this is a big thing, is like this determination to become a hero. So, you know, you that's a big theme. The biggest theme of Don Machi is heroism and what makes a true hero, stuff like that. That, you know. Finn describes that Bell because Finn finds out Hermes' plan in the Sword Atoria yeah, spinoff. And when he sees Bell like throw his arms up to let Gross attack him, and Gross, it's belief, it's trust. Belief makes a, a true hero is like kind of supposed to be the implication. And you know, Gross doesn't, doesn't backs off because he can't hurt Bell. But then Asterisk pile drives his way in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he, he destroys. And he just destroys, and it's described that fight, and it's that Aster. You could say it was Asterisk more than any. It was Bell and Asterisk together who created the scene of a true hero. Because what is a hero without their villain? What is Batman without the Joker? That's deep. You know, a hero is defined by their villain just as much as their deeds. So that's kind of where you're where we're go you're going with the series, and you know. Bell is obviously, you know, he's meant he's he's supposed to be representing Theseus. You know, it's he's tied in, he's a parallel to Theseus, Theseus and the Minotaur, stuff like that. Lot lot of in a lot of things, a lot of characters are directly referenced. Like I Finn is directly based on Theon McCool from Irish and Welsh mythology and stuff like that. You know, you have a lot of stuff like that where characters are directly based on these on actual heroic char characters from mythology. Surprise, there's no King Arthur reference yet, but you know, who knows? Maybe, Maybe we'll get that later. <laughs> later. Maybe, Maybe it's just the fate bag in me that demands it. <laughs> but but you know, like but you know, ultimately it's I think heroism is the main theme of the series. It's where the series is exploring. But it's exploring it's exploring a few different ideas. I mean, ultimately the story is about Bell becoming a hero, becoming a true hero. Now, and I mean the offer is said apparently in universe, there's only gonna be six months left. So Bell is only gonna be an adventurer for a fucking year before he basically saves the fucking world. <laughs> Which I mean, this is actually getting into one of I think the biggest problems the series is going to have going forward is how fucking weak everyone else in the in the Hestia Familia fucking is. You know, you have like you, they're falling behind. Lily is but they're they've got their unique niches, but they don't have the firepower like Wealth has his his unbreaking magic sword now. That's pretty strong. You've got, of course, the Harahime has the most OP magic in the world. Uh, you have, you have, you know, Lily is the commander, but you know, at a certain point, if the Black Dragon, the One-Eyed Black Dragon, could beat level nines and eights and stuff, which we know because the offer confirmed that like the Hera Familia's captain was level nine, if he could beat them without with and not actually have much problem, beat the two most powerful Familias. Without trying, how the fuck is a level two gonna even survive the presence <laughs> of the one-eyed black dragon? So that's where the series <laughs> is getting to its biggest problem. And again, we know it's gonna be all of Orario, every familia comes together, all that classic bullshit. Look. Look, look, let's be look, let's be real here. Dama I may enjoy Damachi, but I'm not gonna try and claim that it's that original. I'm not gonna try and argue that. I enjoy it. It's but it's trophy. It's very trophy, but I enjoy it. 
So, you know, you've got, obviously, but, and so people are going to have to get stronger. Otter, Otarl, who is the strongest character in the world right now, because, like, his stats are fucking nuts. But he's only level seven. Sure, he's peak level seven. He'll probably be level eight before too long. Peak. But, <laughs> but you know, so, but he's only, le- he'll only be level eight. And as we found out from the Astria records, level eight don't mean shit. <laughs> True. So, like, level eight is still not enough to even deal with Because if there was a level fucking nine, multiple people who could fight, who were, like, level seven, who could fight at level nine levels, you have all these people, and they fucking lost. They fucking lost without eating, and the dragon wasn't even injured. (laughs) (laughs) The dragon just, like, Apparently, Eyes' dad had the power, like, level 11 or some shit, because he fucking could injure and take one of its eyes, you know, and... I don't know. I guess they made heroes better back then. <laughs> back in my day, heroes were made of sterner stuff. His power levels is over 9,000. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah, none of that. You shame. <laughs> this, is, this is a fancy podcast. We don't deal entirely. <laughs> now, let me a simp again, as I am an intellectual. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, but... <laughs> Suffice it to say that season season three was a, was a, again a, a game changer. It is it changes the narrative of of course uh, Bell, Eyes, and Finn. It introduces an, another another entity with Xenos. Uh, introduces the the main protagonist now, the Black Dragon ain't shit. Uh, <laughs> Astra's gonna it's all about my boy Astra. Yeah, gonna be be the, the main. <laughs> uh, I love the scene where they say, "Yo, where where is he at? Oh, he's down. He's already in the dungeon. He's training. You see his arms all healed. He's walking deeper into the dungeon and shit. And I'm like, the fuck you about to train with? Who's who's on your level down there? <laughs> fuck man, he just gotta go to the six. I wonder. He's probably going down the floor sixty. 61 he going all that shit because we know at least there's more than 70 floors right we know that because of the offer mentioned how bell's aunt was faster than a juggernaut born on floor 70 and i'm just like offer i like you man but your, your power scaling is going a little out of whack how i mean you he commented that bell was growing too fast in an interview but if you're gonna have over 70 floors level nines and tens you better pick up the fucking pace. <laughs> Bell's fucking look. I know he's gonna be level five at the end of volume sixteen. End of volume seventeen. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Mm. But you don't have to pick up the pace a bit if he's gonna get to level ten and shit. <laughs> he's just taking his time. Don't mind him. Okay. Well, maybe he could release the volumes consistently. Instantly, volume sixteen and seventeen were supposed to be released on the same day. Where is that? Still ain't even been announced when it's gonna be released. He's busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's busy, you know, drawing important things. You know, he's not actually the artist for the series, right? Yeah, he writes. He's it. the writer. There's a there's a different artist. I mean, he writes. He... Getting but getting art is important. Look, Excuse he, me. Look, <laughs> I'm I'm mostly joking because he's writing two. He's writing the main series, the side series, the Familia Chronicles, and multiple events for the mobile game. That's a lot on your plate. I'm willing to forgive that. 
Yeah, he's gonna be busy, especially next year. Uh, with especially with the on the game side of things, we got the new holiday. We got the re-release of last year's holiday uh, event. Well, the thing is, I he doesn't write most. He doesn't write most of the uh, the games. I mean, he only writes the ones that are canonical. Gotcha. He mostly just. So Argonaut and Asteroid are the ones that are the actually only ones he's written. He might have written a couple other ones, but because the events are, because they're true to personality, so he approves of the storyline. So like the most recent Christmas event with Rawl and, and Aki getting together. You know, things like that. So, I mean, that's, it's to not canon, but it could happen. Ah, gotcha. It's basically okay. the idea of most Don Machi events, the Memoria Frese events. Gotcha. Okay. Which reminds me, I Drunk need to is the best. start grinding so I can get some Christmas units. Fortunately, I can't commit too much <laughs> to the game because it's lottery season <laughs> at Geo, man. Uh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Alright. Well, yeah, I'm just gonna say, but we've forgotten awesome one important thing, man. Who is awesome the real best girl? You can't leave. You can't. I can't leave until I have proven definitively who the oh, best girl is. Yeah, thank you. I cannot be restrained by your time limit. Ah, okay. Back out of the show and come back because your audio is kind of kicked up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Me. Oh, yeah. The whole premise of the show. Crap. I'm an idiot. <laughs> the best <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> yeah. Best girls. You gotta love it. Uh, man. Uh, while we wait for... While, while we wait oh, for him to drop... Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, Domino will be back uh, later in the weekend to talk about uh, the fall as a whole. Uh, we're getting ready for uh, the winter season, so uh, yeah, man. Sure the winter exciting. anime preview is coming up, so uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm excited for this winter anime. Like I, I've been looking at it, and like I haven't seen too much. So I'm just gonna be like, eh, yeah, definitely seriously? skip. Cause horror me is coming, so anime, I'm excited. In skip mode? Are you nuts? <laughs> no, I'm not saying like I haven't seen any that I would just say like no, oh, okay. I'm skipping. No, that's what you're saying. Okay, I'm gonna, I may be, I may be mishearing. Look, you're just like wait a minute. <laughs> we do not skip anime right. here. Alright guys, hey, I apologize for the little rough edit we had, uh, this is just experience right now, uh, Austin had some hardcore technical difficulties, he couldn't get back with us on the show, uh, but he did say that, uh, he had a blast doing the show, and that, again, Eyes is best girl <laughs> through, uh, no matter what, with Ryu being a close second. This was a great show, uh, it was good to, it was great to hear, uh, perspective from, a different different viewpoint not just from an anime perspective but more of a light novel perspective of course they always say read the light novels because it gives you more information it gives you more into the thoughts uh and feelings of the characters that we watch on our favorite animes um 
they're back they're the backbones of all anime and manga so that was awesome to have that perspective and awesome man i do thank you and i hope you i hope you come back i really do uh <laughs> Uh, you and I both read uh, the quintessential quintuplets. I know you had no interest in uh, checking out season two, which comes out uh, next in a couple of weeks. But uh, hey, man, I do hope I can convince you to come in otherwise and kind of give you perspective on that because you and I talked about that a lot. Um, so, uh, some news going forward we will be doing the fall anime preview, uh, which is coming up quick, uh, which will be coming up uh, this week. Uh, Jump Festa is hitting uh, hitting the airwaves this weekend. Uh, it will be covering My Hero Academia, Baruto, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man. So we the Chainsaw Man uh, anime preview. Hopefully we get like a, a pre-render trailer, a new trailer for My Hero Academia, um, a new trailer for Baruto, the Kara art, maybe uh, a look at the new openings, which would be cool. Sunday, I can't wait to jump, uh, jump on Jump Festa online to look at my, uh, not my era academia, but that's on Saturday. But Worlds in Harem, that's something I've read in the back. I've, I've read in the, I'm reading, I'm still reading it in the background. And I have to this day have been shocked that it's being an anime. So I, we've seen the key visual, I've seen a couple of key visuals for that show. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a trailer uh, at Jump Festa. So, a lot of interesting news to come up. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this Daimachi special. <laughs> and um, I know we're all kind of reeling for the fact that Daimachi has ended uh, today. Um, that the season is over. And that basically the fall anime season for 2020 is basically coming to an end. We'll have basically about a week. So uh, the Christmas the Christmas week. we've enter- We're entering law week, people. The lull week, the dead week, uh, where all ceases end, and now it's time to binge watch the shows that you missed. Check out new sh- shows of the season that you kind of put on the back burner, and prepare yourself for shows that are coming out in the next season. So we got about a week to kind of sit back and you know chill and talk with our friends about the shows. You know, and the year is ending, so now we get to go into year review status who was what show was the best anime of the season who was best boy who was best girl which show had the best opening of the season you know stuff like that and uh i can't really talk to you about that i've always been told that if you do review shows it's kind of a dangerous territory because one person's opinion is different from another no big deal i like it it's cool i like to hear opinions so if you're listening, if you're listening, if you get this far into the show, let me know. Let us know. What's the best anime of 2020? What's the what's your best boy? Who's your best girl? What anime opening and ending had you rocking 2020? I know it's been a crappy year, guys, and we used anime, we used manga, we talked about it as a distraction to kind of lift your spirits, to keep you keep you going, you know as a way of uh, making it through the year and uh, the year's coming to a close and hopefully 2021 kicks ass so um, <laughs> again I said this a hundred times thank you for listening to the show 
This is our 15th show. <laughs> We've been around for a year, for one year so far. This is our 15th show. Um, and I thank all those who have listened to it. Um, I know it's been rough around the edges and oh, we're going to be improving. We're going to be improving. So here's to a new year, right? <laughs> the year's not over yet. Got two weeks left. So um, a week and a half and it says left. Um, so again, how do you reach the show? Yo, you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at WeChat Radio. On Twitter, chat we. Uh, on email at WeChat Radio Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're listening right here on Anchor FM, go hit us up with a voice message. Let me know what you think of the show. What can we improve? Hell, if you want to be on the show and you got an opinion and you can back it up, jump on it, man. Conversation is key, you know? <laughs> Uh, like we always say, like I always say, anime and manga is not just something that you sit sit and watch, sit and read, and just kind of keep to yourself. Talk about it with your friends, man. Share this awesome genre, man. We not, may not like the same shows or books, but the cool thing is you can let someone know, give bullet points. What is it about your life that you like? Hey, you may change someone's mind. It may turn a a closet anime fan into a huge anime fan you never know but uh this is wechat radio guys thank you for listening we'll see you next time peace